Hello, and welcome to Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm your host, Pacifico Soldati. The show explores topics from law and business to consciousness, spirituality, and everything in between. We feature accomplished leaders across many fields to help you get more out of your life. You can learn more and stay up to date at theluepodcast.com. If you're not familiar with my background, I'm a helper, parent, marketer, attorney outlaw, certified mediator, story brand guide, omnist, yoga teacher, and a former paratrooper and award-winning army chef at the 82nd Airborne Division and U.S. Army Special Operations Command. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soldati Group, a marketing agency helping startups, small businesses, and law firms leverage the power of story to grow their businesses. Law, Universe, and Everything is a production of the Soldati Group. All opinions expressed by the hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Soldati Group or guest employers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and these discussions do not constitute legal or investment advice. Today's episode is brought to you by Prosperitas, an animated video agency that can help you bring your company's ideas, values, products, and messages to life with the power of visual storytelling. Whether you strive to win more customers, engage, or educate your audience, Prosperitas will craft each video specifically targeted to fit your brand and vision. Visit ProsperitasAgency.com today to learn more. That's P-R-O-S-P-E-R-I-T-A-S Agency.com to find out how Prosperitas can create the best videos your company has ever had. My guest today is Candice Cherie. Candice is a manifestation expert, innovative mindset coach, and founder of Effortless Manifesting LLC, where she specializes in helping people just like you manifest the lives of their dreams. By fusing practical strategies with the teaching of esteemed manifesting teacher, Neville Goddard, she walks her students down the path of elevating to the next level and creating their best lives. Candace has had the privilege of working with thousands of individuals to reprogram their old subconscious beliefs, recreate themselves, and become true to the creator inside of them. As an empathic energy healer, she lessens the pain and trauma that may be blocking her students' manifestation process, by harnessing her gift of energy reading, she has the ability to tap into a person's higher self and read what is happening within them at the moment. You may also know Candace as the creator of Neurocognitive Reprogramming, a method of reprogramming limiting beliefs and past trauma. She thinks beyond traditional manifesting to effortlessly create your reality. Whether it's money, a job, love, or anything in between, she wants to help you have anything you can desire while having fun. She's seeking to connect with individuals who are on the same path as her and want to build a tribe of empowered individuals looking to level up. To book a session with Candice or see the array of amazing meditations and products she offers, please visit her website at effortlessmanifesting.com. Thank you so much for joining me today, Candice, and welcome to the show. Thank you. That was quite the introduction. I love that. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, you're very welcome. Glad to have you here. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. So when did you first recognize that you had these spiritual and energetic gifts to share with you? I got started understanding manifesting back, I think I was like 15 years old. And I read a book that turned me on to the idea of the law of attraction. So I don't personally teach law of attraction. I teach the law of assumption, but I did start with the law of attraction. And I had always been a dreamer. I grew up uh, wanting to be a professional recording artist, singer. And it's it had always been my dream to entertain, to perform, to be on stage. And I did it for quite some time. And I even got into film and television producing and writing. And 
uh, about a couple of years ago, I got into the, I guess it was a Facebook group about these teachings from Neville Goddard. And when I first heard them, it was like I was breathing air for the first time. I, I said, wow, I cannot believe that this is what I've been looking for my whole life, that really all of the answers to the questions that I had about what's my purpose, how do I get from here to here, what am I doing, all of those things, all of the answers were in his teachings. Now, Neville has been passed for 40 years, so his work is very older work. He doesn't have any, obviously, current work or anything like that, but all of his work can be found on YouTube or Audible, Amazon. You can get it everywhere. So I really dived into his teachings, his work, and it completely transformed my life in a way that I, that the law of attraction could not, because the law of attraction, in my opinion, can limit your ability to really create the most incredible life without any limitation. So uh, Neville teaches the law of assumption. He's the founder of the law of assumption. And a lot of big, great teachers have studied from him, such as Wayne Dyer. I know that Tony Robbins has studied him a little bit. Some of the really the best people have studied. But the gifts, I've always been very, I don't even like to really use empath because sometimes I feel like that can limit you and it can keep you in a state of, oh, I'm just, I feel everything too much and I need to regress and yada. But now I say, okay, well, I'm a very in tune person. I very much have always been sensitive to understanding and reading what people are saying and feeling. So the gift of energy reading was activated in me over a year ago and it just fell into my left. A friend of mine was very gifted at this and she was doing a lot of work on me and by her doing the work on me, it somehow turned this gift on within me that I think had always been there, just been dormant. And then I started practicing it and using it and testing it and realized that this was absolutely a true gift that I have been given. So it, it hasn't been very long that I've been able to do energy reading, but coaching and performing and teaching and all of that has been in my blood since forever. So tell me a little bit about the differences between manifesting with the law of attraction versus the law of assumption. So the biggest differences are the law of attraction really states things in, in a way of like attracts like, your thoughts are always creating, be careful of what you think, and that kind of more of the karmic thought process. And law of assumption states everything that you see in your reality is a direct reflection of your assumptions, your subconscious assumptions. So everything started as an assumption. And then you persisted in this assumption in your mind, in your beliefs, in your feelings, and then they hardened into fact. And the, the law of assumption is a lot more based around your imagination creating your reality. So instead of your thoughts creating, it's your imagination coupled with your feelings that create your reality. And that's what I teach because if you think about it, your thoughts you have 60,000 thoughts a day. There's no way that you can monitor 60,000 thoughts, but you can monitor your feelings a lot easier than every single thought. So when I'm teaching people and I say, okay, what are your feelings? What are you feeling about this? I can generally see quickly, okay, they're feeling a certain way and then their thoughts will proceed. So it starts with your feeling and then you're in a state. So you're, say you're in a state of depression. 
your feelings are feeling depressed all the time. And then your thoughts are going to reflect your state. But your thoughts are not first. Your thoughts don't come first and then your feelings. And then your state is first and your feelings are mixed with that state of mind. And then the thoughts project out. So how I know this to be true is when I, before I found these teachings, I was a chronic overthinker. I was constantly having to monitor myself and, and have a perfect mental diet because my state was so out of alignment. My state was that of someone who was stressed and living in a trauma pattern and frustrated and being abused. I was in an abusive marriage for a while and I just, I I didn't know how to get out of it. But when I went back and I healed my trauma and I healed these beliefs that I had, I no longer had to monitor my thoughts. My thoughts reflected my new state of being. And now I never monitor my thoughts. I may have one or two negative thoughts that pop into my mind here and there. And then I'm like, what, where's that coming from? And I just, I don't give it any attention. So it just goes away. So there's no obsessiveness about having to affirm my life perfectly. It it becomes perfect in my opinion, based on how I'm feeling and what I am imagining for myself. So then what drove you to actually go from maybe practicing on this own to actually pursue manifestation and coaching as a career? Such a great question. I met this woman who was in another group around Neville's teachings and she invited me to her face, but her messages were really interesting. And we became really good friends. And I was like, you need to, you need to do this as a business. And she's like, yeah, I don't really know how. And I was like, I know how to run a business. I've always been an entrepreneur running a business is like breathing for me. It's very simple. So we decided to work together, create a company. We brought in another coach. So there was three, and we did that for a couple months. However, there was a, there was a separation in our teachings. I got more into Neville and she was more into kind of the 5D ascension, things that didn't really resonate with me. So we grew apart in our teachings and it just didn't align anymore. So we went our separate ways peacefully and she's doing her thing and now I'm doing my thing. And I took over the business and rebranded and called, started calling it Effortless Manifesting. She has her own brand and took over last April. So 2020 of April, right? As COVID was happening, that's when I took over with 130 people in my group. And I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> and I just started from there and everything has just blown up because I, I feel like in business, when you lead with your heart and and, and you're true to what your purpose is and your calling, and you're not necessarily leading with income, you're leading with, okay, how can I better fulfill myself and serve my community, your community of your tribe or whatever, who's ever involved in wanting to listen to you. It, it just grows because people, they gravitate towards realness. And I've always been very real, very upfront about my story. I get very personal in my Facebook groups. I don't share a lot of stuff publicly, like on YouTube or anything, but I'm very personal in my groups and people really like that. They want to connect with someone who isn't a facade or isn't an Instagram picture is a real person. So that really helped me. Fascinating. So talk to me a little bit about how limiting beliefs hold people back from the lives that they may think that they want. So from the ages of zero to seven, we are operating at a genius level and everything that we're told is going directly into our subconscious mind. And so we're, we develop these limiting beliefs very early on. And sometimes it's in the form of trauma. And sometimes it's just in the form of your parents are doing the best they knew how, but they are teaching you things that prevent you from living your best life, such as 
People could have, you could have been raised with the idea that money doesn't grow on trees and money is hard to make and you have to work really hard. So you grew up your whole life struggling, working 15 hour days and three jobs and struggling over and over again. And no matter how hard you worked, you couldn't get ahead because your subconscious belief is money is difficult. Money is bad. I can't get it. I don't know how to find it. And I have to work really hard to get it. So that's just one example of how a limiting belief can get in the way of you living your best life. And the same goes for relationships. And I specialize in a couple areas, but one of the number one things that people come to me for is manifesting love. So I have been married now for five months to the love of my life, but we had a rocky start. We had a rocky couple of years as I was trying to trudge through my old limiting beliefs and be fresh out of a terrible relationship that I completely lost myself in. And I had to rebuild my self-concept. And I did this through a lot of trial and error. And thankfully, finding Neville's teachings really opened up my understanding of who I was and that I no longer had to be a victim anymore to my circumstances, that I could be in control of my reality and change my circumstances by revising my past, going back into my past memories and changing them. And that's what I specialize in as, as well as healing past beliefs by doing reprogramming of the mind and, and healing the trauma from the past. So I was able to do that pretty quickly and, and things changed and shifted. And as soon as I did that, my whole relationship changed and we got back together because we broke up several times. We got back together and it, that was the last time we ever broke up because I, I said, okay, I get it now. I know what I need to do. And I was able to remove those beliefs and, the, and, and that past pain and trauma that was causing us to break up so much. So limiting beliefs can get in the way of every aspect of your life. If you're struggling, there's going to be a root cause to it. People sometimes will say, well, I, did, I wasn't abused. I don't know where this comes from. And then we get on a call and and I dig deeper and deeper and they're like, oh, I see where this came from. And sometimes it's the littlest thing you didn't even realize. And then we work on it and we, we reprogram it and then they feel night and day different and their whole life is transformed. So it's a very simple process. So what are some common misconceptions that people have about manifesting? I would say so many people, because I, I have a very large TikTok following and I get a lot of questions about what's the best manifesting technique to get what you want. And people believe that techniques are really what create your manifestations. And that's, I feel like that couldn't be further from the truth. What creates your reality is your belief system. So I do teach people techniques, but the techniques that I teach are to get you to change your beliefs. So big misconception is, oh, I can just write somebody's name down 55 times and, and it will manifest to me, or I can say a thousand affirmations and I will get it. And you may get a, a little bit further along in your journey, but true change and transformation comes at the core, comes at really shifting how you view yourself. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Who are you looking at? And what are you saying about yourself? Those core beliefs, when those are shifted, everything that you want is automatically drawn to you, attracted to you. And then it becomes effortless when you get out of your own way and you change the belief at the core. Then the core states, I'm amazing. I love myself. I deserve the best. I deserve to have my dream job or my dream career. And your belief matches that. And so the universe says, yeah, here you go. Your wish is my command and gives it to you effortlessly.
So is your belief that everyone can essentially like manifest in exactly the same way? I know I've seen things from people in the field of say like human design, right? That like Mm -hmm. different types of people say like a generator versus a manifester versus Mm -hmm. a manifesting generator, like they have different styles of manifesting and Mm -hmm. that they need, some need to write stuff down. Some can just think of things. Some need to really sit and meditate on, on something. And where do you fall in that? Is it, do you have a universal thing or do you take a different approach based on some sort of assessment of your clients? So I'm familiar with human design and I think there's some merit to it. And I think it comes down to really though with how people learn. Everyone learns in a different way. Some people are visual learners, some people are auditory or some people are kinesthetic learners. So if you're a very touchy feely learner, uh, you're gonna maybe connect more with a different technique. Uh, But I don't necessarily think that you can only manifest that way. So I don't really go into that because really at the end of the day, it's about changing your feelings and your core beliefs. And I've never had to shift how I taught someone based on their human design or their astrology or anything like that. I do think of it more as a universal law that no matter who you are, no matter your race, your gender, your age, you can have whatever you want. And I think things like that can limit a person because they can say, oh, I can only manifest like this because this person who created this idea of human design said, and so I don't really stand behind that. I'm not saying that it's bad, but it's not something that I promote because I don't ever want to teach someone that anything can limit you from getting what you want. It's the same thing with people that say, don't manifest during retrograde or don't manifest on a full moon. I think that's absolutely false because the moon and the stars and the sun are great and all, but they don't affect your manifest. You're manifesting whether you want to do it or not. You're manifesting by default. Everything is a direct reflection of your subconscious beliefs. So you just need to be more productive with those beliefs. And if you want to look at something like a crystal or whatever and, and put your power into it, you can. But I don't believe crystals inherently hold more power than a rock in my backyard. So I do teach people, if you want to have some power and you want to put your power in something, go get a rock in the backyard, paint it, and there's your manifesting rock. It doesn't. It's the same thing as spending 50 bucks on a crystal. So it's interesting. So it's like a step removed in some way, right? If it's like how people learn. So there might be some people that like they need to write something down in order to change their beliefs about something because if they just think maybe try and think about it it happens too infrequently and it's never drilled into their head enough to actually change the belief so it's actually a different step like upstream rather than like where the rubber meets the road on manifesting itself yeah i do teach people to journal a very specific way i think journaling is important because it engages the imagination while you're writing because you have to see what's happening as you're writing it, but then take it to the next level and incorporate your feelings. So if you're just writing and you're not feeling, it's vain repetition. The brain does not accept it. The brain is annoyed with vain repetition. What it wants is for you to feel it done. It wants you to feel what it feels like to have your desire already manifested. So if let's say your desire is to manifest a million dollars. Okay, what does it feel like to manifest a million dollars? What are you doing? Where are you going? Who are you with? What does your life look like? That's what you need to do. You need to visualize it and feel it and see it done so that you aren't spending a lot of time with techniques. And really the the power is in the visualization slash feelings process. So 
just because someone has an easier time understanding something by writing it versus visualizing it, it, it doesn't mean that, that they can get it any better than another person. It just means that they need to maybe write and then visual, visualize and feel it while they're writing. And I do know some people that say they struggle with visualizing. So I always tell them it's okay if you can't see the person that you're thinking of or the exact detail. I'm not very good at seeing details when I visualize, but my brain knows what I'm looking at and I'm engaging my feelings. And so my feelings are what are creating everything that I've been able to manifest, not just writing it down and seeing it. You have to feel it. Oh, that's interesting because that sort of leads into like what my next question was going to be, which is I I have aphantasia. So when I close my eyes, uh-huh. I just see black. Like I actually okay. cannot, I have no mind's eye. I can't visualize whatsoever <laughs> unless I'm on like some sort of psychedelics or something. It's just jet black when I close my eyes. And uh-huh. I just thought, I didn't even know aphantasia existed until about five years ago. Yeah. I just thought when everyone closed their eyes, it was jet black. Uh-huh. And then I find out that there's people that can literally close their eyes and, and envision like a fully detailed red apple or whatever Uh they want Uh and i'm just like what like that's crazy (laughs) you know but then you find out there's people with no internal monologue right there's all these different things and of course yeah you have absolutely no idea until you start asking people or stuff like Mm -hmm. tiktok where different people start you know talking about their own experiences enough that these things make the rounds a little bit more Mm -hmm. you're like oh wait a minute but that's really fascinating that you talk about you concentrate on the feelings because like I can close my eyes and I can like a person like or like, but it's like the idea of a person. It's sure. not I can't see a person's face. Yeah. Right. Even anyone I know, like even my own parents, like I can't close my eyes and see my parents' faces. But I can think of the idea of them. And then from that I can like transmute like a feeling I get about them or about a specific person or something like that. Yeah, I guess that's a really good sort of shortcut that I have I have occasionally seen, especially on TikTok. And mm-hmm. people would be like, visualize this, visualize that. And then like me or other people are like, <laughs> hey, I have aphantasia. And they're like, what's that? Like, I can't visualize. And they're like, this is like yep. radio silence. They're like, I don't, I don't know I what don't to know. do for yeah. you. But that's, that's really <laughs> fascinating. So I'll have to, yeah, I'll have to definitely have to give that a try. That's really well, cool. Well, yeah. And there's... I feel like I have a version of that as well. Like I can still see that. I can see the outline of people. If I close my eyes right now, try to visualize my husband. I know it's him. I can see his outline, but I cannot necessarily see details perfectly. So I just, my mind knows, Hey, you're thinking of George, that's him. But the important part is your feeling. So if you don't see anything, then you want to engage your hearing, your, the touch, the other senses that you do have to bring about into your imagination that what I'm feeling is an apple. What I'm feeling is a person. What I'm feeling is a check for a million dollars or whatever in your hand. So you you have to engage your other senses and then feel what it feels like having that check. If I dropped a check in your hand right now for a million dollars, I'm sure you can muster up some feelings about what that would feel like for you or whatever you wanted in your life. You can feel that. And yeah, the site isn't as important as your... Yeah, that's really fascinating. And there are some really cool like gradation charts out there of aphantasia where it's okay, it's either jet black and then there's like a spectrum of, okay, yeah, you can see a black and white outline. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can see a black and white picture. Okay, so you can see a colored picture. Then you can see like a really heavily detailed picture and stuff. And it's like this sort of huge spectrum, which would be fascinating once we get to things of, you know, where they're putting like brain chips in or whatever, like (laughs) they like mimic. Because there's things of, okay, we can have this person think about something. We can draw a picture of it. Like we can 
basically create like a, a picture projection of what someone's uh-huh. thinking about. And it's like that stuff, that kind of technology is only going to mature so that eventually, yeah, because even people say like in comas and stuff, you'll be able to sort of see what kind of like brain activity is really going on, what thoughts are, what they're imagining and things like that. Yeah, I think that stuff is so fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So how can people get better at manifesting things in their own lives? So the best way to get better is to empower yourself with knowledge. Don't just depend on, you know, little videos here and there, like really study and read. And and I encourage everyone to understand the law of assumption because there's no limitation with the law of assumption. And I've always been a rebel in my life and I don't like someone telling me no and what I can do and what I can't do. So when I found the law of assumption, it was like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing I've ever heard. There's no limitations. There's nothing that that anyone outside of me is going to pull the strings for. I get to pull the strings. I am the creator of my reality and everything is dependent upon me. So that gave me so much power to shift and to see my life differently and to take control. So I would say if you're new to manifesting, definitely get the complete reader by Neville Goddard and understand his work. Now his work is a little difficult to understand. So you may need to read it four or five times to fully get it. And even still, as your brain expands, you'll learn more and more every time you read his work. And then I have hundreds of long videos in my Facebook group that are over 20 minutes plus explaining all of these techniques that he teaches and and the ideas and philosophy in a more current modern times way. So people really like my videos because I break down what he says in a very easy to understand way. So that's an option for people who are listening that you can go and join my Facebook groups and learn from my hundreds of free videos that I have and really dive into understanding that you are in charge, you are in control, and nobody gets to tell you yes or no. You get to tell you yes or no. And and really stop listening to anybody or following anybody that tells you, no, you can't do that because that's their own limitation and you don't ever need to be limited by anything. Definitely. So Candace, how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite failure? <laughs> yes, I do have a favorite failure. Oh man, well, I have a couple favorite failures, but my most recent failure was last year when my husband and I, we weren't married yet when we broke up and I thought it was just the end of my life. I was like, oh, I can't do this. It was just so, I was so over the constant hot and cold between us. And, but it was the best thing that ever happened to both of us because I was able to fully dive into the teachings of Neville and really go. And, and that's when I created the reprogramming sessions that I do now. And I was so inspired. I spent so much time reading his work and understanding the technique of revision, which is something that everybody needs to learn and creating this method and revising and, and doing revision on myself every single day to heal my past. And I just, I started looking at myself differently. I shifted my self-concept. I learned to love myself truly for the first time and heal the things that were holding me back. So we spent a couple months apart and obviously I missed him like crazy. But at one point I was so deep in my imagination with him. Every day I'd wake up and I'd roll over and I'd talk to him and I'd be like, Hey babe, what do you want for breakfast? If someone didn't know me, they'd think I was a crazy person, but that's what it takes when you're trying to do a radical shift into your imagination and tell your brain 
what is true. The brain doesn't know what's true and what's not. It only knows what you tell it. And so I was telling it, I'm blissfully married to this man. I have a beautiful life. I'm happy. Yeah, all those things. That was the best that was the best time for me. I really got to understand myself, see myself differently. And there was a point when I even said, it's okay if he doesn't come back. I'm having so much fun with him in my imagination. It doesn't matter. That's what I call stage four of my spiritual awakening. And there's five stages to that. And stage four is the bliss stage where you just feel so good. It doesn't matter if your desire that you're wanting is here in the 3D world yet. You're just having so much fun with it and living in your brain and in and, and your feelings and not worrying that it, everything is just going great. And then the next stage is the harvest stage. That's when your manifestation harvests. That was a perceived initial failure that I was like, oh, wow, this is terrible. How, what am I going to do? <laughs> but it had the best result. As soon as all of that happened, it took me 24 days of no contact between the two of us. It was the longest we ever went without talking and me fully living in my imagination to have him reach back out and for us to get back together right away and be married uh, several months later. So that I would say that's probably my 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 best failure. Mm. Wow. It's one of the wilder stories I've heard. <laughs> question. Love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So what's sort of like the just like elevator pitch on what revision is? And how revision, people use it? Yeah, revision is the idea of going back into a memory and changing it to your ideal reality. So I tell people, write down maybe your five worst memories of your childhood, things that were really bothering you and see what they were. And then, okay, this was dad and I, I'm just going to use dad for an example. Dad was always neglectful. He was always working. He was never around. He totally abandoned me emotionally. Okay. So that's a pretty big thing. That's doesn't go away just because of time. Time does not heal wounds. And people always say time heals all wounds. That's nonsense. The brain doesn't understand time because time doesn't really exist. Time is happening on top of itself right now, always. So trauma is stored in your memory. So when you go and you revise the memory under meditation, you need to be in meditation. Your brain needs to be malleable. You need to be accessing subconscious. When you're in meditation, you can see the old memory and you can say, okay, I have a memory of dad being neglectful and me crying as a kid about it or feeling upset about it or just feeling icky. You go back, you witness your younger self seeing them and experiencing it. And then you can take them out of the scene and implant something new and wonderful. That's what I do for people. I'll go and I'll take them out of the scene and then I'll implant a new wonderful concept of themselves, of how they viewed their childhood and their parent who was involved or the person involved. And the brain immediately says, wow, I get it. Yeah, we accept dad as actually he raised you wonderfully. He was there for you. you he fully loved you. And 99.9% .9 of the time when I do this with clients, they have immediate overwhelming relief from their pain. And they say to me, I've been in therapy for 30 years. I can't believe what this 45 minute session or hour long session has done for me. And it's transformative, absolutely transformative. So anybody can do this on their own. It just takes practice. And it really, as you said, elevator pitch, and this is a lot longer than an elevator pitch, but really the idea is to go back into your memory, see it differently and change the story. That's the elevator pitch.
No, that's really cool. It reminds me, like, I just experienced, I just did EMDR yeah. for the first time, which, like, I had heard was great. There's a lot of evidence for it and everything. And and I was actually really surprised that you can do it virtually because mm -hmm. I really thought it was going to be, like, a thing. It had to be done in person. And mm -hmm. so I did it, and it was, like, as you're doing it, like, tapping along and closing your eyes and thinking about stuff. And for the whole time, I'm just kind of, okay, I, I don't feel anything. And and then even at the end, they're, like, okay, open your eyes. And I'm still just sitting there, like, I, what, what did that even do? And then they're, like, okay, so how do you feel about the traumatic event that we are focused on? Like, what, on a scale of 1 to 10 or 0 to 10, like, how much is that event bothering you? And I would have things that, like, previously were, like, five six eight whatever mm -hmm. and i'll just be like oh i look around and i'd be yeah. like confused and i'd be like zero what the fuck just happened yeah. you know and you're just like <laughs> what and yeah it's just so crazy because it's so simple right it's yeah. just like these tiny little things and even another thing i started learning earlier this year now i practice twice a day is transcendental meditation and mm -hmm. i had i'm a certified yoga teacher i had helped people meditate in law school mm -hmm. coach people through meditation for years and stuff and mostly done like mindfulness meditation and things of that nature and i always just felt like there was something missing and i would just sit there and even trying to do 10 minutes a day sometimes i'd just be like bored out of my skull racking my brain i couldn't rack up 10 20 30 days straight Mm -hmm. I just couldn't find the time. And now I do 20 minutes twice a day, like it's nothing. And uh, yeah. it's like part of the day I look forward to most. And it was like the first time learning it and immediately transcending. And I was like, oh my God, like you said about when you learned about manifestation yeah. and everything, I was like, oh my God, this is that thing I've known existed, but had never experienced. But I just, this was the missing thing. And yeah. I was just like, holy shit, this is just <laughs> sitting there for anyone yeah. with a brain to access at any time. And it's just like wild to me because it's like really, I think of manifestation kind of the same way. Like it's like unlocking a superpower that yeah. everyone has access to that most people, the vast majority of people don't know about and don't and definitely don't understand. But I think there's a lot of people, mm -hmm. like I asked earlier about misconceptions. And I think there's a lot of people that just, oh, like I want a million dollars, but like, it hasn't happened. And so that's really not, what manifestation is yeah. right like it's a totally separate level and mm -hmm. and a deeper thing to it and so it's really fascinating to me always just like learning like the power of the mind and the things that we can do like totally on our own with absolutely nothing is just totally incredible and it just continues to blow mm -hmm. my mind like the more and more i learn about all sorts of different techniques and, and strategies and stuff it's fascinating i love that i love that you're doing emdr it is a very powerful tool and I, I known several people that have done it and i have my husband's friend has been doing it for a year and it's done great for him but he's still he's still feeling a lot and and i noticed that i've worked with clients who've done emdr before and they say it's gotten me so far but there's still some things that i'm still feeling or they have to go through like a purging process that not everybody experiences that but i'd say a majority feel like a purging process after when they start and like my husband, he did it a few times and he was like, this is too painful. I can't continue with this. So thankfully, what I do is I offer a pain-free solution. There is no purging and there is no aftermath. And that's what most mm. people love about it is because, and not everybody, like I'm saying, not everybody experiences that with EMDR. I think it's a, a beautiful practice, but there, there is quite a few people that do have that purging of mm -hmm. their old self. And it feels very icky and painful and it can last a couple weeks per session. And they would say, you got to mm -hmm. wait a while between. So I don't know, maybe they've improved it since 
since he did it and, and my husband's friend did it, but it's still something that if you have access to it, it's a great thing to do for sure. Definitely. Candace, uh, you mentioned one earlier, but I'd love to know what are one to three other books that have greatly influenced your life? Louise Hay, she was the one of the first people that I read as an adult about self-love and her book, 21 Days to Mirror Work. I think that's the right title, <laughs> 21 Days to Master Mirror Work or something like that. That book is amazing. So I teach people to do mirror work. I think it's transformative. It is what helped me on my beginning of my healing journey before I found revision. Uh, and mirror work is the art of looking into your eyes, connecting with yourself and speaking love and life into your soul, basically. So when you look in the mirror and you're talking to yourself and you're saying things to yourself, most people have never said, I love you to yourself in the mirror. It just feels foreign. We aren't taught to do that growing up. So when people start this mirror work process, there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of uncovering of, wow, I've been so lonely and not been connecting with myself for so long. And I think it's just such a beautiful tool that you can use to help connect and to heal and to see yourself differently as, as well as what you were saying, like that kind of meditation is so powerful and it just really connects you in a way that very few things can. So I would say that's another book that I recommend. Oh, very cool. Sounds great. Yeah. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? <laughs> I love that question. It would say you are love no matter what you've been taught. Mm with a like a blurb to learn how to relove yourself, but something about self-love that the universe is love. You are just pure love. God is love. There is nothing, the whole universe, the construct of everything is love. It has to be. And when you return to love, there, there is no sadness. There is no, what am I going to do? It's just, you look at everything with love. And so one of my quotes that I say is, is this love or is this fear? And if it's fear, don't engage. And that really helps me sometimes too with conversations with my husband. I'm like, okay, is this love or is this fear? I'm going to not speak it if it's fear. Powerful. So what's one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made? And feel free to take the word investments as broadly as you like. Oh, man. The best investment I made was, and I already talked about it, but was creating space for myself so that I could heal. And an investment, it wasn't necessarily a financial investment, but which I, I know that's what you're saying. It was an investment in my health and wealth and my well-being and all of that wrapped up into one. And things sometimes cost money to work with coaches and people that have already proven the method. But you have to look at, I look at everything as cost versus what's the value? Is this value, is this doing this every day? Is it bringing me more value? Or is it just, am I just spending my investment? Is it just a waste? So for me, investment is all about what's the value and what's the joy it's bringing for me and spending that time on myself, isolating almost and getting away from the noise and recreating myself, recreating everyone in my life and seeing everyone differently, changing my assumptions. That took a lot of time 
for me to do because there was a lot of things I needed to revise and a lot of things I needed to change. So that time investment that I spent was absolutely the best thing I've ever, I've ever done for myself and for my children and for my husband. Excellent. What advice would you give to a smart, driven high school or college graduate about to enter the real world? And is there any advice they should ignore? Oh, yes. So much advice to ignore. Thinking that they have to have it all figured out right away. Most people don't figure it out, quote, figure it out until they're in their mid-30s. And have fun. Go and explore. Live your life. Do everything with an experience in mind. Don't live in fear. Don't worry that if I don't do this, I'm not going to be able to pay rent. See yourself always being taken care of financially. Become the person who's always has all of their needs met, all of their means met, and live the absolute best life possible. Don't sacrifice your worth. Don't sacrifice your your love for anyone, especially not for someone who isn't in your life that is wanting to do the same things as you. That doesn't mean you necessarily cut them out, but you focus on how you want to be and what you want to see. And everyone that you desire to, to connect with will come to you. So really the best thing is just ignore anyone who tells you you can't do something or that you shouldn't do something or that you need to now hustle and grind and work a nine to five if you don't want to do that. Just really follow your heart and know that you're always taken care of. And if you're always taken care of, you never have to stress about money. It's just always taking. I'd love to know what are your go-to self-care strategies, tactics, and techniques? Okay. So I have a, honest, a very specific morning routine that I do every morning where I'll wake up, I get ready for the day. I will go downstairs. I will have breakfast if I'm hungry, or I will just go right out to my backyard and my little loungy swing thing that I have. And I will meditate and I will journal every single morning. So I journal my ideal day and I write it from yesterday. So this is one of the techniques that I teach is I will put today's date and I will say, yesterday was amazing. I did this. We went here. It was so incredible. And the reason that works is because the brain says, oh, wait, they already experienced that already happened. I need to catch up. I need to go make that happen for her. So I've been able to manifest so many things by writing from the past. The brain loves it. There's no resistance there. It doesn't see it as if I'm writing, I am a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire over and over again. It's like, no, you're not. I know your conscious mind is very smart. Your unconscious mind is the one that just says, whatever you want, tell me and I'll give it to you. <laughs> but you got to break through the conscious mind. So anyway, I will journal very specifically and I will meditate. I have 14 guided meditations that I sell on my website for various topics. So I'll pick one, whichever one I'm feeling for that morning, and I will meditate. I will journal. And I then will uh, do some form of movement in my body, whether dancing or grounding, something to that effect, walking. And then I will do, then I will start my day for work. And then sometimes I'll do my mirror work if I'm feeling like I need a little bit extra love. I used to do mirror work 10 times a day when I was first starting, but now it's more on a case by case basis whenever I feel I want to connect. So those are like a really quick way to, to feel in alignment every day, setting some time for yourself and don't, don't skip the important things like meditation, like journaling and grounding and connecting with with your sacred energy, it's very important. You are more important than you think. And most people forget about themselves and say, I'm too busy. I got to work. I got to take care of my kids. I got to do everything else. But then you're operating from an empty cup. 
and and then everyone around you suffers because you are frustrated and your energy is bad anyway. So you got to take care of yourself. Oh, definitely. And that's fascinating. Like I hear, I see a lot of like TikToks and stuff and people are like, oh, when you're manifesting, like always write in the present tense, like you have a million dollars, not yeah. like you want a million dollars and mm -hmm. stuff. And you're the first person I've, I think I've seen or heard talk about putting that in actually the past tense and everything. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. It's a really interesting way to think about it. And the brain, it's just a way to release resistance. And I'm all about that. I'm all about finding creative hacks to get there easier and quicker. For sure. Candace, this has been such a fascinating and enlightening and fun conversation. Thank it's been you. it's been awesome. And so that does bring me to my last question of the day. Okay. And that is, what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? Oh, wow. I would say that would have to be from my mother. When I was going through a very terrible divorce from a very toxic relationship. My mom took me in and let me move into her guest house with my three kids. And she saved me. If I hadn't been able to live with her for some time and rebuild my life, starting from scratch, uh, I don't know what I would have done. I would have been never seeing my kids, trying to work three jobs. I don't even know, but it would have been terrible. But my mom has been my saving grace. She has always been there for me always helped me with my children, been a wonderful grandma. She's still a wonderful grandma. My kids adore her and she's never given up on me. She's always said, you know what, whatever you need, I got you. So I would have to say my, mo my mother is the one who's been, been there for me the most throughout my whole life. That's beautiful. Oh, Candace, thank you again so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to yeah, speak with you. Likewise. Thank you so much. I, I loved being here and talking about this. And hopefully uh, you, you learned something you can use on your own as well and do some of the techniques. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Prosperitas, making unforgettable videos for unforgettable companies. Visit ProsperitasAgency.com today to learn more. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us so that others can find it as well. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the LUE Podcast or visit our website at theluepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support this show even further, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of the show. For as little as $5 per month, you can help us continue to produce high-quality shows with amazing guests like you heard today. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash the LUE podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time for the next episode of Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm Pacifico Soldati, wishing you peace, love, and awesomeness. Yeah.